more nervous in this room than anywhere else. It's on your radio right now. Do you know how to pop that coochie for a good There you go. It's the world's most dangerous one to show. Got the cameras on my the f- <laughs> <laughs> I agree. What kind of show is this? My son listens to this show. <laughs> With DJ Envy, the captain of this bitch. With Angela Yee, the only one who can keep these guys in check. With Charlemagne the God. I'm a lovable asshole. And this is the Breakfast Club, bitches. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. Yes, it's Thursday. Uh, yes, it is. I don't know what the weekend feels like anymore. Do you? Uh, no, I, I tell you guys that the other day. It just, it just seemed like days continuous, continuous, continuous. But it's good. I'm, I'm as long as I'm aware alive. That's all that matters, man. Yesterday, yeah, uh, I got a phone call from uh, an agent that uh, we all used to use, um, and he had the coronavirus. He said that uh, he flew back from Florida. And he believed he got it from there. He got home and contracted it to his wife. And he said at first, he said he didn't know what it was. He just said he had body aches, and he said he just went to check just to see what was going on. And he wound up having it, and he said it got a lot of worse. He got a, a temperature, he got headaches, he had flu-like symptoms. He said he was on a ventilator. He thought he was gone. He said he thought it was a wrap. He said he, he, he did his new will and everything. And uh, one doctor uh, suggested this drug, the drug that they used to fight lupus, and everybody was against it. No, that, that drug doesn't work. And he said they tried that drug, and he called me yesterday because that was his uh, first day out of the hospital. He said everything is 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 looking good. Is You know, the pneumonia was gone, so... I was like, I mean, that's a story I love to hear. Somebody that, you know, it was it was bad, and, and he came back, and he and he beat it. So after hearing that, I went outside with the kids. I stayed out there with them all day long, just hugging them, playing with them, going to trampoline. We picked flowers. We did all types of uh, 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 dumb stuff because I was like, I love my kids. I love my family. I just want to spend as much time with them as possible because life is short. You just never know. Yeah, I read that article. Um, He said it was, he said it was hydrochloroquine or quin yeah. or whatever, how you, however you spell it. Yeah, hydrochloroquine. He said, yeah, he said the doctor told him to take that. And he said all the other doctors were like, nah, don't do, you don't use that. And he was like, at that point, he was like, whatever's going to work is going to work. And he's living. He's living right now, man. So that's oh, interesting. But anyway, how was your guys' days? What, what, what did you guys do? I was waiting for Wednesday because that show I've been watching on Hulu, Little Fires Everywhere, was on. So I was up um, watching that last night. And... Mm-hmm. I feel like, yes, so what I've been trying to do is, because I've been doing a lot of, as we all have, a lot of work from home, a lot of conference calls, a lot of other things. Yesterday, I was like, this is the one day this week that I'm just not doing anything other than, you know, looking at stuff for work, television shows, all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was trying not to do any Zoom calls or nothing like that yesterday. So I took the day off that one day this week to not do that. Okay. Uh, yesterday, I was on the phone with a bunch of DJs. You know, uh, this Sunday, uh, I'm going to do a kind of like a DJ-thon. You know, DJ's been rocking, you know, this whole time. And a lot of DJs are effed up. They just ain't got it. Like, you know, so many things shut down. And for DJs, there is no, a lot of them, there is no unemployment. There is no retirement. There is no uh, health care for a lot of DJs. So uh, I just wanted to do something to give back to the DJs. So we, we created a GoFundMe. And what we're going to do is all the DJs are going to rock an hour uh, starting Sunday 
and just promote this. And hopefully people donate whatever it is and, and the record labels and all the people that use DJs, whether it's uh, Serato, Apple, uh, Sprayground, Book Bags, all, all the liquor companies, and just to help DJs out because there's so many of them that are messed up. So I did the lineup for that yesterday. So everybody's going to be on. It's going to be a lot of fun from self to pro style to me to Mr. Rogers in Houston to uh, Holiday in Atlanta to... Uh, so many different people that's going to be aboard, on, on board, man. We're still reaching out to a couple of people, but we're just trying to get some of the biggest DJs to DJ around the country, and, and we all give back, you know? Well, you know, speaking that's of right. DJs, uh, a guy who used to be a former DJ but turned into a super mega legendary producer who y'all saw Battle Scott Storch last week. Uh, he's checking in today because it's throwback Thursday. Mr. That's Manny right. Fresh will be pulling up. Yeah, I'm excited well, he won't be about that. Up. He'll, be, he'll be pulling up to his laptop on his Zoom, but he'll, <laughs> yeah, he'll be here nonetheless. He'll be on his laptop. That's right. So well, Manny Fresh will be joining us next hour. And we got front page news. What are we talking about, Ye? Well, I'm sure y'all saw the news. Breaking news. Bernie Sanders has cleared the path for Biden to be the Democratic nominee now. We'll tell you what he had to say as he dropped out of the race. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, let's start with Bernie Sanders. He has dropped out of the presidential race, and he ended his campaign yesterday. First, he told his staffers, and then he made the announcement for everybody. So here's what he said. I wish I could give you better news. But I think you know the truth. And that is that we are now some 300 delegates behind Vice President Biden, and the path toward victory is virtually impossible. So while we are winning the ideological battle, and while we are winning the support of so many young people and working people throughout the country, I have concluded that this battle for the Democratic nomination will not be successful. And so today, I am announcing the suspension of my campaign. Now, another thing he did after that was uh, tell his supporters to support Joe Biden, and he let people know that he would be supporting Joe Biden as well. While this campaign is coming to an end, our movement is not. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. reminded us that, quote, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice, end quote. The fight for justice is what our campaign has been about. The fight for justice is what our movement remains about. Today, I congratulate Joe Biden, a very decent man, who I will work with to move our progressive ideas forward. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you're, a Bernie, if, you're a, if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter and you didn't show up to vote for him in the primaries, you can't be mad at anybody but yourself. And I'm also glad Bernie said he wants to work with Biden because they have to focus all their energy on beating Trump in November, and Biden going to need all the help he can get. And all Bernie's followers, don't fall in line with Biden unless he puts unless he puts some of your interests on the table. He needs to embrace some of Bernie's progressive policies and earn y'all vote because he's doing something for you, not just because he's the nominee. Now Joe Biden took to social media and said, and to Bernie's supporters, I know that I need to earn your vote and I know that might take time, but I want you to know that I see you, I hear you, and I understand the urgency of this moment. I hope you'll join us. You're more than welcome. You're needed. I know Bernie well. He's a good man, a great leader, and one of the most powerful voices for change in our country. And it's hard to sum up his contributions to our politics in one single tweet, so I won't try to. Yeah, and I'm glad he feels that way. He has to step up. He definitely does. Yeah. 
I'm glad he feels that way about uh, Bernie's followers. You know, he has to earn Bernie's followers' votes, just like he should have to earn the votes of black people as well by having a black agenda. Absolutely. Put, 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 make sure you embrace some of our interests and, and run with some of our interests, and then you might earn our votes. Now, speaking of voting, Governor Cuomo in New York said that all voters in New York will be able to cast their votes by absentee ballot this year. He moved the state's primary from April 28th until June 23rd previously. He said, I've seen lines of people on television voting in other states. This is totally nonsensical. All New Yorkers can vote absentee on June 23rd. So that is the plan for New York. Now, uh, Dr. Fauci is saying that handshakes could become a thing of the past after coronavirus has hit us. Here's what he had to say. And just as a society, just forget about shaking hands. We don't need to shake hands. We gotta break, we gotta break that custom. Because as a matter of fact, that is really one of the major ways that you can transmit a respiratory-borne illness. Damn, yeah, man, that's what I feared. For a while. Yeah, I ain't shaking. But that's what I feared, man. Time. I feared that because we we've gone so long already without shaking hands and hugging, and then when we do get back to some sense of normalcy, like that might become the new norm, and that's not good because we're already so divided and we're already so apart. I know it makes it. I know it feels like we're connected because of social media, but we're really not. So imagine when we get back into the real world, we're not gonna be shaking hands. Uh-huh. I, I'm not uh-huh. gonna nothing like some, that. Some normalcy, like maybe people will do a little bow to each other. Or I was who knows? like that, like yeah, the bow thing. Bow, bowing is a way of showing respect, especially Elbow in the community. I, I'm just gonna start bowing. I'm, you know, I can't. Like I don't want to bring nothing home to my family, man. So whatever it takes we'll at this point is whatever I got to do. Or we'll drop on the clues bombs for China. They've been ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. They've been, they've you been, they've been wearing head- masks. They've been wearing gloves. Nod. They've been bowing. Mm-hmm. All of that seems so impersonal, man. It does, but this like, is where we at right now. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. Maybe you had a horrible day yesterday or maybe you had a blessed day yesterday. Whatever it may be. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up. Wake up. Wake your ass this is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Steven. Steven, Steven what's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Hey, man, I just want to give a shout-out to all the AC people out there. Us, when still, every day, trying to keep us cool, keep us warm. And, you know, all the other all right. people out there working for us, keeping our, company, keeping our country rolling. All right, bro. All right. Thank shout you, out man. to everybody. Still Hello, working. who's this? Hey, this is Trevi Trev from Jamaica, Queens, living in Jacksonville, Florida. What's going on, bro? Get it off your chest. I just want to say uh, my grandmother passed on Saturday in New York. Oh, sorry. 99 years old. And I just want to tell my grandmother I love her, I miss her, we all love her, I miss her. Thank you all. I listen to you all every morning going to work. So just want to give a shout-out to my grandmother, Amanda Estreen, and just give a shout-out to my whole family. Sorry to hear that, my brother. Thank you so much. All right, man. Have a good one. That's a blessing to live to 99, too. Absolutely. And also, let me give a, a, a rest in peace shout-out to uh, the gentleman's name is Seth. Uh, he was security for so many different people. He was security for T.I., security for Foxy Brown. He's been up to the Breakfast Club so many times. Uh, he passed away uh, a day ago, so I want to say rest in peace to him. Oh, damn, All since right. we're doing rest in pieces, let me say rest in peace to my, uh, my Uncle Jim, who passed away from complications of coronavirus. Uh, on Tuesday. Tuesday it was. 
Yeah, so rest in peace, Uncle Jim. Salute to mine, Doc. What's happening? All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This Cliff calling out of Durham. Cliff, what's up? Get it off your chest, bro. Man, um, I had a, uh, a co-worker sent home this morning, man, because um, I thought he had the coronavirus. What's wrong with I that? I was wondering, if, am I wrong for that? Um, he said yesterday uh, he just started throwing up yesterday out the blue. And um, this is probably about an hour into work. Um, we start work at 5 a.m., and um, he's like, he has to leave for the day. So he comes back today, and, um, you know, I keep my distance, and I ask him, like, how you feeling? And he's like, man, he, he has a can of Lysol with him, and he tells me he's feeling weak. So I brought it to my supervisor's attention, and um, I backed up. I said, you know, I, I said, you know, either you guys, you know, take the proper um, precautions and send him home, or I'm going home. What's the problem with that? I don't see a problem with it at all, man. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not discrimination. It's not like you, uh, you know, it's not like he's Asian or something, and you was like, oh, he might have coronavirus. That's, you know, racist, but you, he got symptoms of coronavirus. You gotta be. It better be safe than sorry nowadays. Definitely, man. All right, brother. Well, thank you for checking in. Hello, who's this? Hey, how's it going? This is Rusty. I'm coming from Utah. What's up, bro? Get it off hey, your Rusty. chest. Yeah. So basically, um, I'm a journalist out here. I'm a news producer in Utah, and I just don't agree with what I'm seeing on social media and stuff about how we're spreading bad news. I mean, we're just spreading the facts. I know you guys are getting a, a lot of this too. And I blame President Trump. Um, I don't know how you guys feel, but it's just frustrating for me. Yeah, I get it. People people get upset when you state the you state the facts just because it's it's so called bad news. But if people are getting sick and people are dying, people need to know about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I guess anyway, people also want to hear both, though. They want to hear some positive news at the same time too, and I get that also. Like this person beat it, and not just the right. deaths. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. It's important we cover those stories. I mean, even stories just like of people being positive, you know, businesses donating food to hospitals. Yes. I think that's all good news. I feel like we're all doing that. The only reason people report the deaths and the, and the sicknesses like that, though, is to let people know how serious this situation is, to let people know how serious coronavirus is. But thank you for checking in, bro. Get it off your chest, 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now we got rumors on the way. Yes, Kodak Black is having some issues in jail, and we'll tell you what it is that he had to say on social media. All right, we'll get into that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's Justin. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Yes, Kodak Black took to Instagram. He's upset because he's... He's moving prisons. He said, man, these people are trying to F me over. All this coronavirus-ish, and y'all talking about trying to charge an N-word for a bogus fight. If y'all going to charge me, do it now. Then don't try to wait until I'm almost home. Hell nah. Then if y'all was charging me, why y'all let me out the box? On top of that, y'all send me way to Kentucky, 1,023 miles away from my family after Donald Trump passed the First Step Act stating that they're supposed to keep you within 500 miles of your family. Everybody know Big Sandy is the worst penitentiary. So then he goes on to say, 
that he's going to need a knife because I don't know nobody. These people breaking all type of laws with me. First of all, y'all sent me way past my radius. Second, that is double jeopardy because y'all have already sanctioned me to five months in the box. Took my phone calls for six months. Took my email and my commissary for six months. Everyone in the feds know they cannot turn around and charge you after they serve your, you your ish. So why are they trying to do me like that? Yeah, I love the fact that he he knows the law, and I love the fact that he knows what the first step back is, and that his first his his his, his rights are being violated. And I feel like his lawyer should be able to clean that up easy. Right, Kodak says he feels like they're sending him to the worst penitentiary so he can get into some more trouble. He said so when they do decide to bring me to court, they can have some more ish to say. So he feels right. like they're definitely trying to set him up. That's if Kodak. Why they don't put him? Probably it's probably somebody wanting Kodak's representatives that that probably wrote that. But why they don't put him in PC? I mean, I know that you know he's a he 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 probably think he's a gangster and he probably thinks he's tough, but he's still a celebrity. He's still Kodak Black. So if you think people are going to mess with you in that way, why not protect your interests and go in protective custody? All right, now let's do some good news. All right, both Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion have separately announced that they're giving away money to people who are struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cardi B and Fashion Nova, they're giving away one thousand dollars per hour. To That's families great. in need. That's their own stimulus package that they're doing. Here's what Cardi B had to say. Me and Fashion Nova, we came up with a way that we are going to give out $1,000 an hour for the next 42 days. Yep, that's right. You know, sometimes you give to charity and you wonder, like, hmm, is it really going to the people? Well, we're going to make sure it's going to the people. All you got to do is go to fashionnova.com care slash care and um, make sure your Instagram is open because I'm going to make sure that you really do need it. Don't be lying so you can lend your boyfriend some money. No, you don't got to show us your even though you want to DM it to me. I don't mother mind. I love it. Perfect balance of ratchetness and righteousness, uh, doing some good in the hood, but also trying to pick up a girlfriend in the process. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right, so if you want to qualify for that, you can go to fashionnova.com slash cares, and you can share your story and information, and the group is going to then choose 24 people every day for the duration of the program, and... You yeah, know, that's how that, you can man, possibly great. get some money. They're going to give away a total of $1 million. Now, Meg Thee Stallion went to her Instagram page yesterday, and she encouraged followers to hit her up with their information if they want to get money sent to their personal accounts. Here's what she said. I have teamed up with Amazon Music uh, just to donate some supplies and some money and some fire tablets to the residents and the staff at the Park Manor Skilled Nursing Home in Houston, Texas, my hometown, my city, uh, just because it's important to, you know, just live and out a helping hand at this time and just show everybody that's still working and we support them and to support our grandparents uh, at this time. I'm really hurt because I can't go see my grandmother, but I just wanted to make sure that my hotties could still communicate with their grandparents. Salute to Meg Thee Stallion, everybody doing what they can. And it's crazy when you think about it, when you, when you think about what Cardi said, because uh, Instagram has become a world that uh, you, you, you have to tell people, look, we're going to give you this money, and you don't even have to show your, 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 your vagina lips. But if you want to, cool. Shout out to Bootsy for changing the climate on Instagram. Mm-mm. For Meg Thee Stallion, that hashtag is hashtag helping hotties again, okay? Now, mm-hmm. Tyler Perry did some great things. He bought groceries for seniors, and he did this at dozens of different supermarkets. He picked up the tab at 29 grocery stores in Louisiana and Atlanta on Wednesday, April 8th, yesterday. During that hour, they have reserved for elderly and high-risk customers. He teamed up with Winn-Dixie to provide food and essential items. And also, uh, all of those items were for the elderly and high-risk shoppers. 
So uh, that supermarket company also serves Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi. They did go on Twitter and they did thank Tyler Perry. Thank you to our friend Tyler Perry for paying it forward. Win Dixie applauds your love for community and sincere generosity. So that's a yeah, everybody. Thing. Yeah, everybody doing what they can. This is what you're supposed right. to do when you're in a position of power, when you have resources. And, you know, it's interesting when you see the people that are receiving these blessings shout out the people. Because, I, you know, I was talking to a couple of hospitals you know, that, that we're providing uh, food for the workers, and they were saying to us, like, we want to post this on Instagram because we need help. They literally need food every single day. So they want people to, you know, see what, 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 what we're doing, and they want people to imitate that. So right. I get it. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now we got front page news coming up. What are we talking about? Yes, we are going to talk about Bernie Sanders dropping out of the race. We'll tell you what he had to say. Also, Zoom, there are some issues for people who are doing these Zoom conference calls. And we'll tell you what company is saying that that is going to be banned from all of their devices. Wow. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning. What's happening? Now, let's get in some How's everybody's Thursdays going? Let's get in some front page Thursday is a Thursday. It's a Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Okay. You ready? Let's go, Yee. Yeah. Okay, honey. All right. So Bernie Sanders has dropped out of the 2020 race. That means that Joe Biden will get the Democratic nomination. Now he told his staffers in a phone call, here's what he said. I wish I could give you better news, but I think you know the truth. And that is that we are now some 300 delegates behind Vice President Biden, and the path toward victory is virtually impossible. So while we are winning the ideological battle, and while we are winning the support of so many young people and working people throughout the country, I have concluded that this battle for the Democratic nomination will not be successful. And so today, I am announcing the suspension of my campaign. Like I said earlier, if you're a Bernie supporter and you didn't show up to vote for him in the primaries, you can't be mad at anyone but yourself. Y'all did not show up for Bernie Sanders in the primaries. Right. Now, Bernie Sanders has said that he would support the eventual nominee, no matter who that person is. But will his supporters support that person? Here's what Bernie Sanders had to say. While this campaign is coming to an end, our movement is not. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. reminded us that, quote, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice, end quote. The fight for justice is what our campaign has been about. The fight for justice is what our movement remains about. Today, I congratulate Joe Biden, a very decent man, who I will work with to move our progressive ideas forward. Dropping the clues bombs for Bernie Sanders, man. That, that's, that's good. He wants to work with Biden because they have to focus all their energy on Trump. And Joe Biden needs all the help he can get because he's such a terrible, terrible candidate. And if I'm Bernie's followers, I'm not falling in line with Biden unless Biden puts some of our interests on the table. Period. Now, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, you're saying don't fall in line? Don't vote, don't vote for Biden? No, I think that they should use their leverage that they have to force Joe Biden to put some of their interests on the table. Like, he needs to embrace some of Bernie's progressive policies. And if Joe Biden is smart, he'll do that to earn their vote. He would be an idiot not to do that. And he would just continue to prove my point that he's a terrible candidate. But I don't think right. he's that and stupid. One of the most important things right now is who is going to be his vice president. 
And I know everybody's commenting on that, so I know that's going to be extremely important when he announces who that person is. Now, Joe Biden responded on social media, and to Bernie's supporters, I know that I need to earn your vote, and I know that might take time, but I want you to know that I see you, I hear you, and I understand the urgency of this moment. I hope you'll join us. You're more than welcome. You're needed. I know Bernie well. He's a good man, a great leader, and one of the most powerful voices for change in our country. That's right. And like I keep saying, Joe Biden needs a, a black woman running mate. He already said that he would put a black woman on the Supreme Court. And now is a good time to show who's going to be in his administration, show who's going to be a part of his cabinet. You know what I'm saying? If it's going to be a diverse cabinet like they're, they're saying it's going to be, he needs mm-hmm. to show that now because he needs all the help he can get because he is so uninspiring. I need to see what's around him. All right, now Zoom is facing a class action lawsuit. A shareholder is saying the company did not disclose their security and privacy flaws. The shareholder is Michael Drew, and he filed that complaint Tuesday. He said he lost money after recent reports highlighted shortcomings in the app, and that made the price plummet. Because, you know, Zoom has been Zooming, as everybody right now, during the coronavirus pandemic has been at home doing conferences on Zoom. But -hmm. some companies have said that they aren't using that app because of significant privacy and security concerns. Elon Musk, space company, SpaceX, banned the app. Uh, Other people who banned it is Google. Now, Google told employees last week it would block Zoom from working on their Google-provided computers and smartphones. And they said they have a policy of not allowing employees to use unapproved apps for work that's outside of their corporate network. Recently, the security team informed employees using Zoom desktop client it will no longer run on corporate computers as it does does not meet our security standards for apps used by our employees. Uh, In addition to that, you guys remember the kid that uh, was Zoom bombing? Well, he ended up uh, getting arrested also. What was he doing? He was Zoom bombing, like going into people's uh, private Zoom sessions and... He's from Connecticut, and it was a number of online classes, and he was able to uh, hack into that. So was that's he, when was his he unwanted porn, guest joins a video call mm-hmm. and just disrupted. He was using obscene language, obscene gestures. He's been charged with committing fifth-degree computer crime, fifth-degree conspiracy to commit a c- computer crime, and a breach of peace. So well, listen, that just I, happened. I, I, I like Zoom. That's all I've been using, you know, so they, so they need... To you know, ramp up the security. They need to ramp up the security, like the presidential election needs to ramp up their security to make sure they don't get hacked. And uh, they, after they do that, they need to run ads telling people they have the security in place for Zoom, and they need Absolutely. to sample Teddy Riley's voice on Rump Shaker. All I want to do is zoom, 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 zoom. That'd be an amazing commercial. All right. Well, earlier this month, Zoom CEO Eric Yuan told the Wall Street Journal, I really messed up as CEO and we we need to win their trust back. This kind of thing shouldn't have happened. So that's all because of the security problems that they've been having. All right. Well, I am Angela Yee and that's your rumor. I mean, your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, it's throwback Thursday and Manny Fresh will be joining us. We're going to kick it with I don't like how you introduced him. He's one of the greatest right, producers of all time, the architect of Cash Money Records. There would be no Cash Money Records without him, which means there wouldn't be no Young, young Money Records without him. A one-man band who carried a whole label on his goddamn back for at least a decade. Manny Fresh will be joining us, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line, Manny Fresh. 
fresh, 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 fresh. What's up, my brother? First of all, how how, how you and your family, man, during this nut-ass quarantine man, time? Everybody's, everybody's good, bro. Everybody's blessed. I hope the same for y'all. What city are you quarantined in right now? I'm in New Orleans. Are okay. you in New Orleans? You at home? Yeah. Now, how did the battle come about? I know everybody was talking about this battle, you and Scott Storch. How did that battle come about? Um, I was asked to do it at the very last minute, you know, and, you know, me just being the battle dude, I was just like, hey, I'm in. But it, it really came about because it was something that I was doing way before them. If you do the history of it, I was doing Beat Summit, and Beat Summit was maybe four or five years prior to this even happening. But it was on producers against producers with catalog. So, you know, nobody told me the rules changed or nothing like that. So, you know, I was pretty much asked at the last minute. And, I, you know, and I joined in and went up and went about it the same way I went about when I was doing it before. I felt so like you got jumped, Manny. I felt like it was you <laughs> versus Scott Storch, Dr. Dre, Timberland, Melman, whoever else collaborated on them, on them six records. Yeah, because the problem is that there's really no rules right now. So what do you think the rules should be? I mean, if it's, if it's hip-hop, then it's got to be hip-hop. I was told that it was a beat, a hip-hop beat battle. You know, I didn't know it was the R&B beat battle, you know, and, and you know, Crimea River against Manny Fresh. Real talk. And, and I'm 100% with, with Charlemagne. Like, I feel like I I was like me, Dr. Dre, Timberland, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, I didn't know I was going against all of them people. I thought it was my catalog against <laughs> this catalog. But you forgot a couple of joints, Manny Fresh. There was a couple of joints that you didn't play, man. I, you left five on the yeah. table I thought you should have played. Number what one stunner. That boy? I don't know about what happened to that boy because I don't know if he did that. But number one stunner, big ball and set it off, juvenile on fire. Why'd you leave those on the table? And cash money is an army well, better yet than Navy. If you really want to know, honestly, this is what I feel like. There are moments in their movement. And, and what I'm saying is I, I think, you know, not no shots at none of the records that he played, but I think there was moments. You know what I'm saying? Those were songs where... You know, you played for a summer or something, and somebody was just like, oh, I remember that song. It was cool. A movement is when you play a song and it's still going on 20 years later, and everything sounds like that song. Music sounds like that song. Everything last year sounds like Manny Fresh DNA. Everything going into this year sounds like Manny Fresh DNA. You know, so I just thought, like, I was like, okay, all of these songs, you know, yeah, could I have went harder? Of course. But I still feel like, I mean, some of them songs, like, I just don't feel that, dude. You know, and it ain't nothing salty. And I feel like, I could have lost 19 times out of the 20. But when you play back that ass up and you do a draw on that song, I'm just like, oh, man. Now, That's ridiculous. Yeah, it don't feel right. Yeah, back has that ass phone... up is a Negro spiritual. It is. Yeah. Now, has your phone been ringing like crazy because people actually forgot how many records you produced? Like, because even playing some oh, of the yeah. songs, I'm like, damn, he produced that. I forgot about that. How's your phone been ringing crazy? Oh, yeah, dude. And, and and the cool thing about the beat battle, though, it, it made another generation actually understand. Like, they like, wait, dude, did all of that? Like, all of that help? And it's just like, yeah, all of that. Now, I got to go back to the question, though. You saw what Just Blaze wrote on Instagram. He said, you take Kanye away and you don't have a certain era and sound of Rockefeller, but the label still exists. You take Manny Fresh away and you have no cash money. No so cash money. So how did money. you feel when you, were, yeah. when you were reading all of those comments and what other people were saying about you? Yeah, I mean, listen, bro, what I really love, a lot of people came to, you know, they, they fought for it. Like, you know, a lot of people, it was articles wrote and all kind of stuff. So that's the beautiful thing about hip-hop. If somebody feel like something ain't right, you know, some people going to say, like, all right, dude, come on. You know, you had some people who felt like, 
you know, even with some of my kids, they was like, man, you took a low blow at him. And I'm like, no, I did. Like, I consider the dude a friend. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think everybody that <laughs> said something crazy about somebody. And I'm like, and if he would have done the history of it, like, he would have known that all of that go with the beat battle. I mean, any anything in hip-hop is kind of a battle. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I called Scott myself the next morning, and I was like, hey, homie, I feel like this is, you know, a lot of people are upset about some of the skits or whatever. And I'm like, I apologize, bro, if I went too hard on you. And his reply was, listen, bro, I got to own up to all that. I know I'm going to hear that. Now, listen, you, we, we talked about this for a second, but you still didn't tell us. Why didn't you play number one stunner or big balling? I didn't think it was necessary. Set it off? <laughs> juvenile on fire? I didn't think it was necessary. I'm just being real. I felt like it was a category of what we were supposed to be doing, and he didn't stick to the category. Okay. Manny Fest, did you think you won the battle? Yeah, hell yeah, I do. Because if you told me it was a, it was a beat battle, a hip-hop beat battle, I'm going, well, how did some of these songs show up? And on top of that, some of these songs you didn't do. <laughs> okay, Jesse, now listen, Scott, I saw Scott on a live with Fat Joe, and he was saying that he felt like I was disrespecting him when I said that. I wasn't disrespecting him. It's just as a fan growing up, I thought Dr. Dre did those records. So I just wonder how much credit should a Scott Storch get if Dr. Dre gets the credit? Because what if Dr. Dre does a beat battle? Can he play those records? Well, what I'm saying is, now y'all feel me on this. If that was the case and that was the rules and that's how it was going to go, well, why shouldn't I have played Beyonce before I let go? Like, you know what I'm saying? They had to clear that song to use it for me. If we was going to use songs, mm. like, you know, that came from a, a zip, I could have played... Chris Brown wobble, you know. I could have, I could have went deep, like you know what I'm saying. This year from songs that was, you know, that, that I'm like, okay, if, if we if we playing songs that 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 came from a sip, but I stuck to the rules of these are mm -hmm. songs that man fresh produced. You think right. he should have gotten disqualified? I mean, what what do you think? I don't think he should have gotten disqualified, but I, I do question those five records, uh, those five records <laughs> that Dr. Dre gets credit for, like "Let Me Blow Your Mind." You know the Watcher, and and on the on the on the album it says Mailman produced the Watcher. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the Break Your Neck, the Bustin' Rhymes record. It was two other records, yeah. Family Affair. I can't remember what the other one was, but it's like, yeah, I I don't know how much credit he should get for those. You know, my feeling is this, and it's not nothing to take away from nobody because I feel like we two grown men, and in hip hop, it always gets diluted a lot of times, and people go way too far with it because there was a beat battle. I'm not a salty loser, and you know, hats right. off. Scott, if the world thinks he won, you know, the next day, man, he had business to do, and I'm going to keep it that way. But I just feel like this. They got to do a better job of putting this together. I, I think that I should have went against another beat mate. I think I think you knew, though. I think you knew because you had it planned out. I mean, you knew he was going to play a bunch of R&B, so you had the R&B skit. You, knew, you had it planned out. You knew yeah, what his attack was going to be. Play. I knew it. I went through his catalog, but I also knew that I'm like, okay, the rest of this is not yours. That's part of being prepared. All right, we got more with Manny Fresh when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're kicking it with Manny Fresh. Charlemagne? What happened to that boy with Pharrell? Did you did you collaborate on that? Because I, I saw people saying you did yeah, the drums. I did, the drum, I did a drum pattern on, on that, but I wouldn't even consider that something that I'd done because my name not on that. When we was doing that song, I hit Pharrell and said, hey, bro, I think it's just missing some drums. Like, like, like a, duh, 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 duh. he was like, add it, bro, do what you want to do. So I was, so I wouldn't even consider that something that, right. oh, that's, that I should play. No, you could have played that because Scott played records that he played the keys on. 
So you could have played that if you had drums or what happened to that boy. Now, with the battle, people talk a couple of things. One, Lil Wayne. Who could Lil Wayne battle? And two, who would you love to just see battle outside of uh, of, of Lil Wayne? Oh, wow. Uh, Pharrell and maybe Kanye. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of, what we talking about MCs? That's what you mean mm-hmm. right now? Yep. Damn, Lil Wayne? Ooh, man. I, I don't really know, bro, because I'm thinking of Wayne, his age range right now. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's something that y'all probably can help me out with. Who, who in Wayne's age that, you know, I think that's, that's nice right now? I don't even know how old Wayne is. How old is Wayne? So, Late you know 30s, what? early forget 40s? I don't know. He's well, been around so long. Like, what, if, what about Little Wayne versus, um, forget age, what about Little Wayne versus Drake since they both have so many hits? Oh, yeah, that would be beautiful. That right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did that on tour, though. Little Wayne versus Drake. Let me ask you a question. When you look at other producers, Manny, and how they have collaborated with other producers, do you feel like you'd be appreciated more if you'd have done more of that, collaborating with other producers? Bro, I just feel like this. Right now, we living in some sensitive times. Like, the good guy <laughs> finished last and the crybabies went. You feel what I'm saying? Because, like I said, I, I have always been kind of, I guess, modest about it. And I don't say nothing, but I'm learning now. Like, it's like, nah, dude, the, the truth is the truth. I'm like, it wasn't even about collaborating with nobody or whatever. I just think coming from where I come from down south, we just don't get the credit that we deserve. Because it's just like I said. I got songs that have been played right now. They've been playing for 20 years, and, and, and they're still in DJ set. And I say this right now wholeheartedly. Like, I don't care, like, who I beat battle against. Sometimes what I care about, I'm asking the DJ, like, right now, if you're doing the set, like, if you're doing the set right now, you know what I'm saying, right. whose records are in your thing? Yeah, I definitely play Project Chick. I definitely play Back That Ass Up. I definitely play... And then what with Jeezy? Yeah, I definitely play a, a lot of cash. You, you, you gonna play some? You'll play a little. You'll play some Storch too, though. You'll play Storch. You'll play, you'll play lean you'll back, play, lean back. Yeah. Depending yeah, on where you're at, you'll play I mean. make it I'm rain. Not I'm not saying that about none of his songs. It's not. That, I'm not saying it that way. I'm just saying what records are still in your crate? What records are you still playing right now? And that's what to me. That's that's what defines right. a good producer. Yeah, and Back That Ass Up has turned into a record that you play at weddings, that you play right. at re- re- receptions, like you play at old folks' parties. Like, like that is really a record that plays well, at every black function. That's the only thing I'm saying. That, that's my only gripe right there. Like I said, I could take the L. I, I can live with the L. But what I, what, what I really feel, and I was like, wait, that one? That one, like, you know, every, every producer got one of them where they like, nah, bro. That one right there? Yeah, because there's only a couple of records that live that life. Like, you know, Poison, of course, BBD is that record. Back That Ass Up is that record. Trying to think of another one. Not too many. Mm-hmm. Manny well, Fresh, to switch gears real quick, how's your family doing and how is everybody, all your friends and everything in New Orleans? Everybody's healthy. Of course, y'all already know what's going on with New Orleans, you know. So it's, it's just awareness. Like, I know it's, it's a little right. crazy because New Orleans is a party town. And, you know, and a lot of times, like, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy that people not getting the seriousness of this. And, you know, on Fridays and Saturdays, I'm DJing. I'm like, stay home. Please stop going mm-hmm. out. That's the only right. way we're going to slow this down because per capita, you already know New Orleans numbers staggering. Like, you know, it's getting crazy, crazy around here. But everybody that's near and dear to me so far is safe. And, you know, hope and pray it stays that way. And, you know, I'm, I'm sending that back to y'all. Why didn't you do more production outside of Cash Money? Um... I guess, you know, by the time I was, I, I, you know, I left Cash Money, I did DZ, I did TI, you know, and I kind of, 
you know, it, it was already, like, I guess known to a lot of people, like, nothing really left out of cash money. So a lot of people didn't think they could reach out to me. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of people thought it was off limits to be like, well, you know, Manny just do cash money. He don't do no, you know, you know nothing outside of cash money. So a lot of people assumed that I wouldn't even do those songs. Like, you know, but, I, I mean, I was down to do whoever wanted now, how did, did that help Jeezy or hurt? Happen? Because I see you do the Jeezy collab. How did that happen? Well, I mean, that was me being in Atlanta. You know, at the time when, when you know, when I, when, I, when I left Cash Money, I was in Atlanta. So being in Atlanta, that's why I became Jeezy. That's why I became P.I. And I think, like, right around that, too, was the decline of the super producer. So, on, you know, like, I, I would say at the height of what I was doing, you know, it was like me, Timberland, Pharrell, you know, other producers, Jazzy or whatever, and the money that we was getting was crazy or whatever. And, you know, and then the new set of producers started coming in, and, you know, those numbers went down. So a lot of it was, you know, nobody was like, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to pay that much for a beat. Do you think that that helped or, that helped or hurt you just being an in-house producer? Because even with the battle with Scott Storch, people were like, well, all he worked with is cash money. And I'm like, okay, and? Nah, I think that I don't think that hurt at all because me even just working with Cash Money. I mean, let's let's look at it like this. I think I got James Brown numbers. I got almost six hundred songs published. Like you know, I did albums. I didn't do songs. Like you know, it, I I think like a lot of it is is a lot of producers are you know single driven. I grew up in the era of like the producer had to do the album, so it wasn't a bad thing for me to work with Cash Money and just Cash Money because I was responsible for. The whole album. What's the most you mm. got for a beat? Um, I, I know I did some Tony Braxton songs where it might have been 50, 60 grand. Damn. Was there ever a time when artists on Cash Money used to argue over who would get which beat from you? Yeah, they did have those arguments sometimes about who that beat belonged to and who was supposed <laughs> to get that one. Like, we definitely had that a lot of times. But it always panned out because it was just like, if say, like, if Juvie wanted a beat and it was Wayne's song, I'm like, hey, we working on Wayne. But Next week, we're going to be working on you, Juve, and I'm, and I'm going to go just as hard. Now, Envy asked you how much, what's the most you ever got for a beat, and you said 50, 60 grand from Tony Braxton. That don't seem like a lot of money. Was that like the the, the discount because that was a Birdman girl? Back then, dude. That was a lot 60 of money. grand? Like, I, I mean, you think about it. Yeah, because if you get like 50, 60,000 up front and you get, you know what I'm saying, most of the publishing on the record or whatever, that's oh, okay, okay. compared to right now. You and know, that was a Birdman girl right back now, then, Charlemagne. Yeah. You go on a record company right now and try to get fifty grand, man. Ooh, they gonna they gonna say that that is the artist's budget. They'll tell Damn. you like, that's the whole budget for the album. All right, we got more with Manny Fresh when we come back. Now let's get into a little Manny Fresh mini mix. Just some of the records that he produced. He produced so many records, I can't get them all on. But here's some of the records he produced. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. That was a Manny Fresh mini mix. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Manny Fresh. He's on the line. Charlamagne? Now, I asked you earlier. I think I got cut off, though. When, when you look at other producers and how they collaborated with other producers, do you feel like you should have done more of that? I, I'm open. I was open to it. But, now nah, I was good with where I was. And, and, you know, and if you wanted to work with me, you know, I would have worked with you. I think even real real talk, a lot of my best music is probably on my on my drive. Like, you know, the songs that people don't hear because I do so much music because I love this. Like, you know, but when it became a point where I can't get it across to artists, like right now, I probably got three or four computers full of beats. But mm. the, the business is not right right now. Somebody told me that you got a whole album with most deaf. Yeah, I do. 
I got an album with most. You know, I got an album with Wayne. I got a couple of songs with like a lot of greats, but I'm 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 this guy too. If that artist don't agree, I'm not somebody who would leak that song. Right. Wow. Now, so you talked about business. When did you start getting the business part right? Because I'm sure when you was doing all those records, it was more like, oh, we all family, we all friends. And then it has to be to the point where like, damn, I got to make sure my business is right. Well, you know, I just started seeing a whole lot of people coming up with stuff around me. You know, I was just like, well, you know, my face is buried in this drum machine and on these keyboards. And I'm just like, it's a brand new, you know, it's a whole bunch of brand new stuff outside. Like, you know, and I'm and I'm doing this, you know, for the love of it, which I didn't mind because I, it wouldn't be a Manny Fresh if, I, if you know, if, if it was material to me. But I also felt like I'm supposed to get paid for this. Like, it's right. like, wow, I'm, I'm looking at all of this, you know, happening. And I'm just like, numbers are not adding up. And luckily for me, you know what I'm saying? I had structure, you know what I'm saying? I had a dad that, that grew up in music that was just like, hey, dude, look, you got to get this right. And, and I would honestly say right now in my career, I've made more money than I ever made because I clear songs all the time. I own the songs. And that was the, that was the best thing I could have done to go back and say, like, listen, I want my catalog. I want all of those songs that I've done, and I feel like later on in life, they're going to be valuable. And, like, right now, they're valuable. They gave you the cash money catalog back, no problems, or you had to pay for it. Yeah, no problem, because, you know, it was part of, like, listen, we could fight this out, or we could just say, like, hey, bro, it's time. You know, as men, if you respect me, I respect you. Like, what are we going to do? Like, you know, if, if you can't give me all of this, then you're going to have to give me something. So we wind up ended we, we ended it on like, hey bro, you can have you can have songs. So cash money never did you dirty. We always hear the stories about, you know, Birdman getting over on certain artists. Well, I would definitely say like the deal wasn't that, but I but I was somebody who always knew that the music, like I knew the music was gonna come back around. But at the time you didn't get the money. No, no. He said he seen the cars Damn. outside and everything outside was like, I ain't got none of that. And I'm doing a lot of these I mean, beats. I, I, I need this back. How you do that to Manny, though? Like, like, like Just Blaze said, there is no cash money without Manny Fresh's sound. You were the sound of cash money. How they don't pay you? Well, I think this is what it is, bro. A lot of times, um, you know, with, with business, especially record company business, you know, um, the record company is the cousin to the street. And... By being a cousin to the streets, this is what happens. A lot of people take street mentalities over to the record company, especially if it was a company that was started on the streets. And it's just like when you just step into the business arena, the streets got to stay where the streets stay at. This is business. So a lot of it is, you know, it's just not understanding that the same thing you did out there, you can't do in here. What's your current relationship with Birdman and and just cash money in general? We Mm -hmm. get along, bro. You know, and, and I felt like it was time anyway because it's just like my kids know his kids, you know, and I'm just like I'm not a bitter person. On top of that, I feel like when you gripe and you fight with somebody, you give them you give them that energy. I'm not somebody who will give somebody some energy to just be like, oh, I'm not going to. I don't think I would have succeeded if I was mad at me. I just feel like, you know what it is? You live, you forgive, and you keep it moving. Right, right. And why didn't that most deaf album ever come out? It was most. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right now, you know, if any of y'all know most, where is most? Yassine Bay. Most comes in and, you know, he'll call, like, he might call right after this interview and say, like, hey, bro, let's let's finish this. And then right. you don't hear from him. Damn, right. I heard you say you want to do something with Jay Electronica, too. Yeah, yeah, bro. Jay has been, you know, the dude for forever, and, and, and I'm a fan of his. Like, mm-hmm. and I always thought, like, you know, um, Jay is the type, he is the type of rapper that I think it needs to be produced. 
it needs to be produced for it to be a really, really good album. You know, and you, and you hear some people and you're just like, damn, bro, if I could just get in with him. You know, I've always been a fan of his. So I think, like, yeah, I, you know, it would make me go hard. And as, my best work is when somebody, you know, when, when they challenge me on something. Like, if you're a writer and you're a rapper and, and I feel like, oh, my beat ain't, ain't, ain't strong enough, I'm going to redo that beat over. Right. You know, a lot of what Juvie was saying, he was like, when we was working on his albums, you know, he would leave the studio and he would come back the next day. And he was like, that ain't the song we was doing because I felt like some of his raps was killing my beat. So I stayed up the whole night going, well, I got to come up with another beat to make this better. Right. Mm. Well, what about the Little Wayne album you said you said no? some new music right now, so you could definitely get in with him, well, virtually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, even Lil Wayne, I think the fans wanted at least one before we all say goodbye to this. It's just produced by Manny Fresh and it's Lil Wayne. So I think that would definitely be a great album, right. you know. And and believe me, I stay on Wayne about it. I'm like, listen, dude, like, I, I, I love all the stuff that you're doing, but let's sit down and do a good one, just me and you. I mean, you said you got a bunch with him now, though, right? Yeah, I got a bunch of songs with him. And some of it is, you know, because it, it, it's always me. Like, I've never had a song ever leaked. So if Wayne don't agree with it, then I'm not going to put that song out. You know, as much as, as tempting as it is, a lot of times, because you're like, damn, bro, come on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, you know, like some of them songs that I got right now with Wayne, it was just out of frustration because of the deal that happened. And, you know, and he was saying some stuff on him. So he was just like, now that, you know, he's in a better space and a better place. Like, nah, dude, I really don't want them songs to, to come out because I just oh, got you. deal with the repercussions of it. There was a lot of diss records to cash money, basically. I'm mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, so it was so it's, it's more of he was just like I'm over that. It was just me airing out, and you know, and I'd rather not have that out there. Gotcha. Now before we get out of here, I got one last question. What would you What would you do different in the Scott Storch battle today? Because I still feel like you left five records on the table. You should have played, man. You could have been a little bit more structured. I feel you. With how you let them records fly? This is, but this is the problem too, Charlemagne. With with me, because the catalog is so 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 much. It's, it's like, you know, believe me, I've had a hundred people call me and said a different song that said, you should have played this. You should have played this. You should have played this. And sometimes, bro, me as a producer, I really don't go like, damn, like, damn, yeah, I should have played that. I should have played that. Because sometimes I don't even realize how many songs I've done. So that's what it was. Like, it wasn't like I was just like, well, damn, you know. Why Why didn't you play this song? Why didn't you play Set It Off or whatever? I'm just like, I have so many records sometimes where I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed. Got you, got you. Going like, you know, like these, these are, and I ain't going to even lie, a lot of that was Manny Fresh papers. Instead of me going like, yeah, you <laughs> went to, like, man, go get him with this one, hit him with that one. Right. Yeah, I don't think anybody lost in that battle. I think it's a celebration of, uh, of, of, of two great producers. You know what I'm saying? I don't think there's no losers when they do them versus battles. That's what I really want to get across, to, especially a young generation. Bro, there is no beef with me and this man. There is no animosity or none of that. It was just celebration. If I lost, so be it. It was just a beat battle. You know, we moved on to bigger and greater things. I wish Scott success in everything that he do. And, and Manny Press is going to keep on going. Well, gotcha. we appreciate you for checking in, brother. And thank you so yeah, much. And, 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 and when this quarantine over, you got to come to the studio. Man, I definitely will. You know, Absolutely. stay prayed up, dope. Believe in God or whatever you believe in or whatever, but stay prayed up and stay hopeful, and we're going to make it through this. All right. My thank brother. you, brother. Love. It's Manny Fresh. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor, rumor. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Nah, 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 nah.
Yes, Tom Brady did a sit down with Howard Stern. This is his first exclusive, extensive interview since leaving the Patriots. As you know, he's uh, the quarterback for the Buccaneers now. And here's what he had to say about knowing that he was planning to leave the Patriots because it wasn't a last minute decision. I probably knew before the start of last season that it was my last year. I knew that at the end of the year, I, I was going to become a free agent for the first time in my career. And I had spoken about it with the ownership of the team, Mr. Kraft, and he was good with it. I had spoken about it with Coach Belichick. He was good with it, and that's what we decided to do. I, know I said this before, there's no bigger fan of the New England Patriot organization than me. You know, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that I could continue to play there at the highest level. I want to prove to myself that I can still perform at the highest level. Now, of course, this led into a question about the coach, Belichick, and did he feel like he could do what he did without his coach? I think it's a pretty shitty argument, actually, that people would say that because, again, I can't do his job and he can't do mine. The fact that you could say, would I be successful without him, the same level of success, I don't believe I would have been. But, Tom, isn't there some resentment on your part that he didn't make you a patriot for life? No, because this is a part for me in my life to experience something very different. And there's ways for me to grow and evolve in a different way that I haven't had the opportunity to do. Another thing that Tom Brady talked about, and we don't get to hear him talk like this too often, is his marriage and having to check himself. You know, a couple years ago we had... You know, she didn't feel like I was doing my part for the family, Mm. you know, and she felt like I would play football all all season and she would take care of the house. And then all of a sudden when the season would end it, I'd be like, great, let me get into all my other business activities. Let me get into, you know, my football training. And she's sitting there going, well, when are you going to do things for the the house? When are you going to take the kids to school and do that? And that was a big part of our marriage that I, I had to like check myself because she's like, I have goals and dreams, too. That's a good woman right there. Like She don't care about his money, his stardom. She understands the most important thing you can give a child is time. And the fact she says she has her own goals and dreams sometimes, I think, I think we, as men, we as men forget that. Yeah, absolutely. She has her own money, too. She has her own career. But most important is family. It's about family. Mm-hmm. But I want to say, too, man, drop on the cruise. it's also balance, too. Time. It's like if I'm doing all this work at home, I need you to participate in. So does your child. That's why I said the most important thing you can give a child is time, and she understands that. That's why I said she's 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 a great woman because some women would definitely just you know love to sleep on the bag of money that Tom Brady brings in the house, but that's clearly not her. And and drop on the clues, boss for Howard Stern. He's the goat. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. ESPN first take. They have zero sports to report on right now, but Tom Brady didn't go to any of them. He went to Howard Stern, and all day yesterday, Howard was trending number one. Tom was trending. It just shows you how much Howard still matters because Howard is really, really quality over quantity. When he decides to do an interview, when he decides to do a TV appearance, he kills. And I respect what Tom Brady said about Billy Peck, too. Howard Stern also asked him about Donald Trump because, you know, obviously Tom Brady is a big Donald Trump fan and friend, and here's what he said. Well, he wanted me to speak at that convention, too, and I think that I wasn't going to do anything political. I met him in 2001. He, in 2002, he would call me after games, and I watch your game. You know, let's play golf together, so that's kind of the way it was. He always had a way of connecting with people and still does, but, you know, and then the whole political aspect came, and I think, you know, was uncomfortable for me because, you know, you can't undo things, and not that I would undo a friendship or but, you know, the political support is totally different than the support of a friend. He's right about that, too. Like, just because we used to golf together don't mean that I support him, uh, you know, in, in, in his political endeavors. 
I don't I don't support the rhetoric that's coming out of his his mouth now. There's definitely a fine line. I don't even think it's a fine line. It's just a line, period. All right, since we're talking about people with money right now, let's talk about Drake. Now, Drake uh, did an architectural digest shoot of his house, mm-hmm. and everybody's been going crazy. Now, this is his home in Toronto, his right. mansion in Toronto. It's a 21, it has a 21-square-foot uh, skylight basketball court. I mean, it was amazing. I know you all all saw the pictures and everybody talking about this online yesterday, right? Yeah, his house is a masterpiece. I mean, fifty thousand square feet. Style, the amount of money, the amount of of everything he did from the marble to the paint to the to the furniture. That house is a masterpiece. Him and Ferris, amazing designer, designed that house, and that house came out great. It's one of the best houses uh, I've seen in fifty thousand square feet. I mean, that house is amazing. I would never leave the house if I was him. His bed, well, he can't right now, so that's great for him. But his bedroom alone is thirty two hundred square feet. That's Bigger than my whole house. So shout out to Drake for mm-hmm. making all that money and investing him into that amazing $100 million Toronto mansion. And we got That's a chance to really see it. And then he has, that, he has that Birkin collection, right, that he's been getting these Birkin bags and collecting them for years, he said, for the woman who I end up with. He's done that in an interview previously where he talked about it. Uh, and he has all kinds of bags. He has bags that... Those Birkin bags, they range in price from 40000 to $500,000 each. Yeah, he has a Himalaya. The Himalaya is about $150,000. A lot of people say why he have, have bags. I think he has, uh, I think, close to 70 bags. Uh, those bags cost anywhere, like Yee said, from 70 to 100 But if you purchased a bag for $8,000 and he wanted to resell it the next day, you probably would sell it for about 20000 So as soon as you buy those bags, those are investments. You can make a lot of money off those bags. So Birkin bags and Kelly bags are investments. Well, oh, he Drake said that for his future wife, so it's an investment into that. True. <laughs> all right. And this whole entire rumor report segment right here is all about big money. And Kylie Jenner is the world's youngest self-made billionaire yet again, according to Forbes. This is her second year in a row. Um, she's only 22 years old, and her net worth is a billion dollars. So, you know, congratulations, sir. There's two other entrants under 30. Snap co-founder, CEO, Evan Spiegel, and John Collison of a payment startup Stripe. They're both 29 years old, and they're considered self-made billionaires, according to Forbes as well. So Kylie Jenner had told Forbes two years ago she invested 250000 of her own money from modeling to pay on an outside company, produce her lip kits that eventually launched, and that's what's made her a billionaire. Listen, don't hate on any of those people. Uh, They figured it out in life, okay? And that's what you need to do. Figure it out in life. Whatever that talent is, whatever that skill is, whatever that idea you have inside of you that can possibly, you know, unlock your unlimited potential, do it. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. I'm going to tell y'all something else. So y'all should should definitely go listen to that Tom Brady, um, Howard Stern interview, too, because uh, it'll... It'll make you definitely feel like you need to grow and evolve. I, I respect it. Because you got to know when to grow and evolve. Because he could have stayed in New England comfortable, but he's ready for other challenges. And if he has other things he wants to prove to himself, I respect him moving on, man. Because Bishop T.D. Jakes talks about uh, getting comfortable at 10. And sometimes you got to go back to 1. And going back to 1 is the next level, which is actually 11. And when you get to 20, it's the same thing. So, so on and so forth. So, respect to Tom Brady. I feel him. All right. Well, who are you giving your donkey to? Uh, Adrian Yan. He's a young man who needs to come to the front of the congregation. We like to have a word with him. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. I was born a donkey. It's the donkey of the day. Donkey, donkey, donkey. Put a donkey of the day. 
Charlemagne the Devil? The Breakfast Club. Donkey of the Day for April 9th goes to a 26-year-old California man named Adrian Yan. Uh, Adrian Yan is a sucker, a complete and total punk. And the reason I say that is because what he did is despicable. And I don't use the word despicable unless it's absolutely necessary because it's a word that causes me to spit all over things. All right, It's a word that if you have a lisp, you shouldn't be saying during this current COVID-19 pandemic unless you're wearing a mask because you will spit all over the place, and that's unsanitary. But what Adrian did is despicable. Let me wipe my screen off. All right. See, I reported last week about how there has been an uptick in domestic disturbances since the self-quarantining started. Uh, A lot of people are trapped with their abusers. But when you think domestic disturbance, you don't usually think about family members beating on each other. You usually think about couples, people in a relationship. Well, this clown-ass dude named Adrian Yan showed me that is absolutely not the case. Let's go to ABC7 to see why I keep spitting all over things to call this dude despicable seen the barren store shelves with no toilet paper in sight. The tension over toilet paper has now turned violent in one home in Saugus. LA County Sheriff's deputies in Santa Clarita Valley say a 26-year-old man attacked his own mother because he thought she was hiding toilet paper. The 26-year-old was arrested. The Sheriff's Department has expressed concern over the possible increase in violence, domestic violence in particular, during the pandemic. You heard that right. Uh, Adrian stole off on his mama some toilet paper. Uh, Punched his old earth, his mother, the womb from which he came in the face over some goddamn toilet paper. I don't know what's in the Cottonelle nowadays, but it got y'all acting like straight fiends. You got meth heads, sherm heads, crack heads, and shaman heads out here in these streets. It's ridiculous. It's been a few weeks now, you know, since we've all been self-quarantined, and the CDC has yet to tell us what's the correlation between coronavirus and toilet paper. I understand when I go to the grocery store and Lysol is sold out. I understand why hand sanitizer is sold out. I understand why all the soap is sold out. I understand why the sanitary wipes is sold out. But why is all the angel soft gone? What am I missing? Seriously, I see videos online of people fighting in the grocery store over Scott toilet tissue. And I'm like, damn, y'all ready to die over some two-ply? Adrian Yan, you are 26 years old. Let's discuss the obvious. First of all, you're too old to be living with your mother. Okay, you are the scrub T-Boss Chili and Left Eye was singing about, also known as a buster. And you got the nerve to punch your mother in the face, the woman who is clearly taking care of your big grown 26-year-old ass. You know how we know she's taking care of you? Because you live with her and you don't even have your own toilet paper. You can't even properly wipe your ass without asking your mother's permission. Your mom had to hide the toilet paper from you because you were using too much of it. You was putting too much quilted northern in your booty. I don't know what's going on in this world, but there's something in the toilet paper. And every time I hear a story about how y'all are wilding out over toilet paper, it really makes me understand this meme that, that's floating around that I, that I saw. It's this meme where instead of, capsule of crack, instead of a capsule of crack, Nino Brown was holding a roll, roll of toilet paper. And I can look at that meme and turn it into a whole parody movie called New Crack City. Okay, the crack has nothing to do with drugs and everything to do with the crack in your ass. It would be about a crew of hustlers who come into a community during the coronavirus crisis and realize it's a shortage of toilet paper. And clearly, people are dying to wipe their ass. All right, at the clubs, right? Some of the fellas were getting ready to step away from the blackjack table at the bar, getting ready to buy like a 50 or $100 worth of sniff. I set them up in the back room with a hit of the toilet paper. And yo, 15 minutes after leaving the club, they'd be back with two and three people with them. So what? 
Man, they ain't come back for the cocaine. They came back. Toilet paper. You sounding like this is the wheel or something, like it's going to change the world. Look, huh? man, I don't know about all that change the world shit, but what I do know is that they be going crazy over this. Toilet paper. Man, I'm telling you. And the bitches, oh, Lord, the bitches, yo, they do anything for this. Toilet paper. Now, Adrian Yan was charged with battery, and if I'm his mother, I'm making him find another place to self-quarantine. Please let Remy Ma give Adrian Yan the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid motherfucker, you dumb. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today, sir. Mm-hmm. Now, when we come back, ask ye. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What, 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 what you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Everybody, it's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is Jonathan from St. Pete, Florida. Hey, Jonathan, what's your question for Yee? Actually, um, my gr- I'm living with my girlfriend's uncle and aunt right now, and they're vegans. They live a ve- vegan lifestyle, and I'm just mm-hmm. trying to wonder how do you, how are you converting to veganism in a way? <laughs> um, oh, so you're going to become a vegan too? Is the plan, or you don't want to? Well, it's hard to say. Like, I just, I, I feel like it's the, mo- it's a good lifestyle for us to live. Mm-hmm. They, they live kind of a conscious lifestyle, so they. They feel like it helps them with their meditating. It helps them with a lot of other things in their life. So, you know, I almost respect that. I want I, it, it's inspiring to see. So I just I I don't know how to go about converting to it though. Like I don't know how to. Well, know, yeah, my, for me, my girl, we it's got not... a newborn. We got a newborn that's two months. So mm-hmm. he, you know, we want to try to live a better lifestyle or you know eat better in life and stuff like that. So. Um, so let me give you some advice on that. Um, now I've never, I've done vegan for like periods of time and vegetarian for periods of time. And I'm trying to be full vegetarian by the time this is all done with this quarantining. But what I recommend is going through periods of time where you test it out because when you become a vegan, you have to learn how to like other things that you might not have necessarily liked before. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's not easy to get those vegan options, but if you can find certain things that you like a lot, what I did was at first I would have certain days that I was allowed to eat chicken. Like I started with three times a week, then two times a week, you know, then once a week where I was eating chicken. And so I would not put too much pressure on myself. There was a time when I would, I went two weeks just doing a strictly (sighs) vegan diet and it's important mm-hmm. not to beat yourself up if you sometimes stray from that. But what is important is to make better eating decisions. So if that means you make healthier decisions mm-hmm. where, okay, today I'm going to make sure I go completely vegan. Oh, I fell off on this day, but I'm back on it tomorrow. Or you designate certain times when you do eat chicken until you or meat or seafood or whatever until you completely stop. I just think for some people it's a process and it's not easy to go cold turkey. Yeah, because it's like when you grow up with your parents just cooking meat, Every single darn day is yes. like, it's like it's hard to get out of that that mm-hmm. streak of just meatness. You're like, oh, I can't. It's hard. You know, they make and they make pretty good meals. The the meals they yes, make. Yes, they do. It's not like, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's just hard to be like, I could do this every day. 
Right. No, and it's not easy. And that's part of it is you learning also how to make certain things at home yourself, too. So right, if that right, means right. like you have to learn how to make things that you like and you know how you like things prepared and even going to restaurants and making sure that you pick places that have vegan or vegetarian options, that helps a lot as well. But once you start doing it, like I recommend trying to do like a two week fast where you just do vegan options mm-hmm. and it does change your taste buds right so that means that like you're learning mm-hmm. how to eat different things and sometimes when you stop eating things for a while and you feel so much better and you have so much more energy it makes you yeah. not really want it as much anymore and you lose yeah, the taste that's for it what I've noticed. yes yes man that's what i have noticed enough but thank you so much i appreciate that all right no problem John- jonathan good luck and uh you know i love that you're doing that if, if I could real quick, just give a shout out to my girlfriend and um, our new mm-hmm. baby, Gianni. I love them so much. Oh, and that's thank sweet. You guys for everything you guys do. All right, perfect. All right, thank you, bro. All right, that's ask good. And it's, and it's good to write down your meals, too. Sometimes that helps you when you're writing down what you're eating and planning things out. It helps mm-hmm. you stick to your vegan diet a little better. All right, Ask E, 800-585-1051. Don't move. We got more Ask E. Call us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? My name is Royal. What's up, bro? Ohio. What's going on? What's your question for Yee, bro? So, look, man, I got two baby mamas, right? Mm-hmm. Congratulations. So, one, like the current baby mom, she had, like, this insecurity thing going on where she don't like the fact that I got a kid that before her, basically, like with somebody Okay. So when it's time for me to see my other kids, she'll be cool with it. She's like, you should get the other kids so they can, I mean, have fun together. Soon as it's time for me to call my other baby mom, like, she get this insecurity thing, and she start thinking, like, why you had to call your baby mom, and you must miss her and all of this. So it's like, it throw the, it throw the balance off when it comes to me fathering both of my kids. Because mm-hmm. it's like I worry about her happiness and her insecurity to where, like, I pause myself with my other child so she don't have to feel no type of way, which is Ooh. Like, both weird. Yeah, listen, you can't ever neglect your child just because of another woman's insecurity. That's always yeah. first and foremost. You All you can do is do whatever you can to make her feel more comfortable. If, if that means, like, no private conversations, don't leave the room, you let her know when you speak to her. You could talk to her on the phone in front of your current girlfriend. But you cannot say, okay, I'm going to not pick up my child or not communicate just because she feels insecure about it because that is... There's nothing you could do about that, and you have to tell her. You could be like, "Because mm-hmm. I, I had, I used to say stuff in arguments, like bringing my ex up, and that's that's how I created most of it. So I made the bed for myself, huh? Yeah. Oh, so you would say things in arguments like what? Like, uh, I should have stayed with such and such. Oh my god. So yeah, this is your fault. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah, would you say that? I just wanted to bring it to awareness for a lot of other relationships, too, because I know a lot of people go through that same thing. Yeah, no, that's a terrible thing. And then you got to think, in an argument, you should never say something that you can't take back later. Because that was, sometimes people think in arguments, you're saying things that you really mean. And so the root of the issue is what you really have to address. And that is the hurtful things that you've said to her. You have to acknowledge that and address it. Because clearly, your other children's mother is going to be in your life. Did you mean it when you said it? Nah, it was more to be used as a weapon. Just, to, I mean, wake a person's mind up. And you see how that backfired. 
Yeah. Have you had a conversation with her? Like, look, I know I said those things and they're hurtful things that I said and it was in the middle of an argument and I 1,000% don't mean it. And I know that I've done this to myself and that's the reason why you feel this way. But I will do whatever I can to show you that I did not mean those things. Nah, uh, I, I ain't never approached it like that. Well, you, sometimes you have to acknowledge that you were wrong. That's yeah, part of what you need right. to do. I, right. <laughs> Maybe that's one thing I'm going to have to learn to do. Yeah, go ahead. Admit that you were wrong. That's fine. I think that takes a really a bigger person uh, than a person who keeps things going and won't admit it. It takes a really big person to say, you know what? I know I did something that was wrong. I know I did something that was hurtful to you. I know I said these things. I did not mean them. It won't happen again. And I want to make sure that you're comfortable and whatever it is that I need to do to make sure of that. But I can't neglect my other child in order, in, to do that. But you let me one know what it is question. that needs to happen. One last mm -hmm. question. What if you want to apologize and the person reject that or they accept it, but they still, I mean, they still feel the same way? Uh, sometimes it takes a while for hurt to go away, but all you can do is show by your actions. It's one thing to say, I'm sorry. It's another thing to show it. All right. You know, so it sounds like all you right. have some work to do, but this, this is a situation that you got yourself into. Yeah. I'm going to take that advice, though. All right. I all wish right, you bro. the best of luck. All right. Thank you, man. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need advice, you can hit Yee up. Now, we got rumors on the way? Yes, and we'll talk about Kelly Rowland and Lala Anthony. They had a spicy Instagram live session, and they talked about things like sex toys. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk BET. It's about time. What's going on? Yo, yo. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Yes, BET is doing a coronavirus TV special, saving ourselves a BET COVID-19 relief effort. That's going to air April 22nd at 8 p.m. It's going to be DJ Khaled, Charlie Wilson, Chance the Rapper, Kirk Franklin, Fantasia, all these people so far are slated to perform during that special, and that will assist people of color in dealing with coronavirus. It'll be hosted by Kelly Rowland, Terrence J., and Regina Hall. They'll be giving people up-to-date information and also making sure that people have the information they need to get to much-needed resources. According to Scott Mills, who is the president of BET, every day there are new reports of how this pandemic is killing African-Americans at much higher rates than other communities. BET is using all of our resources, our capital, our media, platforms, our relationships with the creative community, sponsors, businesses, and charitable organizations to support our community in this time of crisis. That's so I'm assuming they're performing from the house. I'm yeah, assuming they're course. performing from the house. Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, Kelly Rowland, we told you we'll be hosting that. Another thing Kelly Rowland just did is her and Lala were on Instagram Live, and one thing that they were talking about, and a lot of people have been using toys during this time at home, uh, sex toys. Here's what Kelly had to say about one that she likes in particular. You know the, the little ring that goes around? Yes, I said it. It's so nice. Oh, Angie just made a good point. She said that's what, some men don't like it because they don't want to believe that we can do it without them. Well, you can always warm up, have a warm-up, a brief warm-up. Salute to the guy, Godiva chocolate goddess Kelly Rowland. I don't know what was on their mind yesterday. Because Lala called me with some randomness, asking me would I sleep with a girl with stink breath or body odor. I'm like, what? I'm dead. What? Yeah. 
quarantine was getting to them yesterday. <laughs> salute, salute to Lala and Kelly Rowland. But how, how did you answer that? I'm just curious. Well, I told her if, if it if it was anything, it, first of all, it's my wife. So if my wife breakfast stink or my wife got body odor, I'm going to take that out, but I'm going to encourage her to brush her teeth and wash her ass. Plus, I would want to know why she was in that position. Why are you guys so stink? Uh, now, The weekend is saying that Usher copied his style in the song Climax. Here's Usher singing Climax a cappella. Going nowhere fast, we reach the climax. We're together, now we're undone. Won't commit, so we choose to run away. Now, the weekend was talking to Variety. He said, I knew I was doing something right, but I also got angry. The older I got, I realized it's a good thing as far as him feeling like Usher actually took his style. Now, weekend, you're not going to, we're going to sit here and act like Usher probably didn't inspire the weekend as well. So it's good if you're a young artist who inspires somebody else, especially if they're in. OG, you know how much inspiration Usher has provided for these R&B guys? Come on. All right, and congratulations to, uh, well, Kobe Bryant, Vanessa Bryant. She's reacting to Kobe's newest accomplishment. His book uh, is actually a New York Times bestseller. So congratulations. She actually posted about it. My husband, Kobe Bryant, would have been so proud to see his work continuing on with the Wizenard series season one. And so congratulations to her. That is still an accomplishment, you know, for that and for her to see people still supporting and making his book a New York Times bestseller. Now, Michael Jackson, that famous white glove that he wore actually just sold for over $100,000 at an auction, about $104,000 in Texas. So that's a nice price for something like that. I can't believe they still have that around to even be able to sell. What you mean? That's now, would you, would you iconic glove? Hell yeah! No, I'm just saying. Now, would I would get, think that would have been in somebody's museum right now and not being mm-hmm. sold. Would you get another glove and wear it when you go to the grocery store? I wouldn't wear no, that I, to the grocery I, I store. I wouldn't wear that glove period. to the grocery store. That girl, that glove protected Michael Jackson for a long time. Michael Jackson was ahead of his time when it came to gloves and masks. God damn it! All right, and Will Smith and Joyner Lucas have connected. If you look on Will Smith's page, you can see that the two of them have tapped it up. And congratulations to Joyner Lucas, by the way, who had a number one rap album with his debut album. So he said uh, he posted him talking to Joyner Lucas and talking about watching the Will Smith video. He said, if I'm being real, I probably watched it way more than nine times. Thank you, Joyner Lucas, for your incredible art and kind spirit. Link in bio for our combo. You can see all of that on Snapchat as he discusses the Will tribute video that Joyner Lucas did. Dropping a clues bonds for joining Lucas, damn it. And Will Smith for, for not acting like he's too big to do something like that. All right, and the WWE is going to be using medical screeners for SmackDown and for Raw. They're going to be moving forward to do those things after seeing how successful WrestleMania was for them. So they said they're going to both take place at the same performance center in Orlando, and they'll have a medical team screening everyone before they can even walk in the door. So that is the plan. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, it's still it's still kind of funny to see wrestling without crowds, but I'm I'm a tune in because my son is a wrestling fan now, so I'm gonna watch it. I need things to watch. It, 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 it makes perfect sense, but it's so risky because all it takes is for one of those WWE fighters to catch corona, just one. And the fact that yep. nobody there is showing any symptoms, and the fact that they're doing the medical test, but if one person catches corona, it's a wrap. Not only just for that, but for anybody else who may be thinking, like, you know what? Maybe we can get back into, you know, physical contact with the sports. UFC, everybody. Basketball is going to affect all of them. Right. All right. I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. 
All right. Let me send a birthday shout out to Nyla. Nyla is 16. They had a huge birthday party for this weekend, but um, they can't have it, of course. So I just want to shout out Nyla. Happy birthday and uh, shout to Rock On, DJ Rock On. All right. Up next. You're not going to do the drive by? That's what I've been seeing. My, my my daughter had to go do a a, a drive by to one of her friends. There, they all rode by in their cars and held signs out the window that said "Happy Birthday," you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I I thought that was dope because you know people just want to know that other people care on right. their day. That's all. Right, right, right. It's not even really about the party or nothing. It's just knowing that people care, and that works for some of these kids. Yeah, I, I think the drive by is pretty cool. Uh, I, I'm I'm praying that summer. Is a lot better because my kids' birthdays are in the summer, and I don't want to do a drive-by. But if I have to, hey, we will. Whatever it is, man. We just, you know, keep social distancing. But the People's Choice Mix is up next at DJ Envy. Get your request in. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, um, shout to all the DJs out there. And shout to everybody that can't read. I hate you guys, too. But um, to all the DJs out what? there. I'm gonna <laughs> you hate you all the people who can't read? You know how many oh, illiterate people nice. it is in America? You need uh, to rephrase, rephrase that because you just insulted me, a bunch of illiterate people. I, I hate the people that don't it, read it. And let me explain it why. Takes it out go. of context is what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me explain why. So for all the DJs out there, there's a lot of DJs out there that's not doing good. Uh, radio DJs, uh, club DJs, battle DJs. And I started off as a DJ, so I know how hard it is when DJs need money. And a lot of times people forget a, a, about DJs. Um, there's so many people that people forget about, but this is close and near and dear to my heart because I'm a DJ. So what it is is, you know, when the clubs stop, most DJs don't have savings. Most DJs don't have uh, health care. Most DJs don't have retirement. Most DJs don't have anything like that. So when the clubs stop, you know, how do DJs pay for their thing? How do they pay for food and formula and pampers for their babies and their bills? They don't. So what I what I started to do was I started every Friday just doing a mix and giving DJs some money, a couple of hundred dollars to help them with their whatever they needed. Um, and then we came up with this thing to do a DJ-thon, where DJs will DJ every hour, Sunday starting at noon. I'll kick it off for Sunday at noon. And we just encourage people to go to a GoFundMe and donate. And that money is going to be given to DJs randomly that just need help. You know, DJs that are messed up that need help. Uh, thank God I'm doing great. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say great. I'm doing good because of investments and everything that I have going on and savings. But a lot of DJs are not. So I put up the GoFundMe and people are, you know, what's the first comment? You doing good? I see your cars. I said, do you read? I just said, I am good. This is not for me. This is for the DJs that are not doing well. But anyway. Why do you care? Because uh, people are stupid sometimes. Because he's a DJ. So. Oh, you mean why do you care why people... Why do you care? Why, why, do you, why, do you, why do you care? Why do you care about what people are saying? You got to treat them the way Bishop T.D. Jakes treated you when you said that Bishop T.D. Jakes in the church don't do nothing. Straight up. Like, why are you no. even giving them all this energy? But I'm doing something. That's the, that's the whole thing. So um, we all he is too. Back. I didn't say he was. But my point, is, I'm, but my, I'm my point is, who cares? Who cares when they question what you're doing? You know what you're doing. Well, That's my whole well, point. Well, I guess he wanted he wants to clarify for people who uh, might be misinterpreting and to let they, them know. Why, why, listen, stop trying to stop trying to make people who are who are hell bent on mis- misunderstanding you understand you. They don't ever want they don't ever want to see you doing good on no level. They don't want to see you doing good personally, and they don't want to see you doing good for others. Oh, the fact that yeah, I mean, but the fact that I was able to get so many different DJs from so many different areas on stations, I got you know myself uh, Camillo who's on the other station, Kid Capri. I got Scratch. I got Self. Envy. I got Mr. Rogers. The old DJ Envy. all in for this call. So I want you guys to sit back, relax Sunday at noon, and just enjoy. And it, it doesn't right. matter if it's a dollar, five dollars. That's that's what it's about. My call. And it's you know, and, and, 
and you know what you're doing and you know why you're doing it, who gives a damn what everybody else thinks? Let them, let them talk. Who gives a damn? Right. They're going to be tuning in. Guarantee it. I hope so. All right. When so we wait, come... so again, this money is for you, Envy. Nah, this money's definitely not for me. This money's for the DJs that actually need it and can't pay their food, go. rent, formula, and all that other stuff. Thank God I'm good right now. All right. Hold on, hold on. I just want to shout out MV too, because I saw they did a double XL, uh, the greatest hip-hop DJs of all time, and I saw you made the list. I saw mm-hmm. DJ Clue made that list. That was in Double XL Magazine, so congratulations to you for making that list of the greatest hip-hop DJs of all time. Yeah, they did. DJ who now? Um, you know your, your your favorite DJ, your family's favorite DJ. Um, yeah, I'm on that list. Shout to Clue. Uh, drama. I think who else is on there? Yeah, drama's on that list too. Shout to Drama's on the list. He should be though. All of y'all should be. Who else now? Uh, Clue. Master Flex is on that list. DJ Clark Clark definitely should be. Cool Hurt, Grandmaster Flash, Scratch. Jam Master J, DJ Scratch, uh, Greg. I haven't Street. heard a name Jazzy that Jeff. shouldn't be on there yet. Jazzy uh, Jeff. Jazzy Jeff's on that list. Spinderella's on first, that list. First of all, you're going to have to do all 45 now. <laughs> you're going to have to. You're going to have to do all 45. They put Little John on that list. Shout out to Little John. As he should um, be. Yeah, so. What about DJ Screw? Screw? What they read about him? DJ Screw. He's on the list, okay. yeah. What they wrote about Envy, they said, being a mentee to an iconic figure in your craft can result in immense pressure. Uh, however, he was taken under the wing of DJ Clue. Envy grew into his own. So congratulations on that. That's dope, man. Shout out to DJ Clue for taking Envy from being a gardener and bringing him down to his basement and turning him to one of the greatest uh, DJs of all time. By the way, I'm going to tell you something. That's why you got to give Clue his flowers, too, because it's one thing to have success on your own, but when you bring somebody else up, and, you know, they become an icon in their own right, that makes you way more of an icon. So drop one of Clue's bombs for DJ Clue, too, goddamn. Yeah, shout out to Minotti. But now, when we come back, we got the positive notes, so don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Shout out to Manny Fresh for joining us this morning. Go, DJ. Yes, Salute to the legend DJ Manny Fresh, man. I wish that he was in studio. That's the only thing I miss uh, is actually being in studio for a lot of those conversations yeah. because I, I really wish, we, you know, we could sit down with Manny Fresh in the Breakfast Club studio, but I'm sure we'll get that opportunity in the future. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now, you got a positive note, Charlemagne? Yeah. First of all, I want to salute uh, Lala, Lala Anthony. Um, today, me and Lala have 280 meals going to Newark Beth Israel Medical Center and Children's Hospital in New Jersey. Uh, salute to them. Um, they need, you know, all the assistance that that we can provide as far as, you know, PPE and as far as, you know, food is concerned for the healthcare workers. So salute to Newark Beth Israel Medical Center and Children's Hospital in New Jersey. 280 meals courtesy of Eat Clean Bro will be going uh, to them today for lunch, courtesy of me and La Lizzy, La La Anthony. So salute to y'all. And the positive note is simply this. Our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. Breakfast club, bitches. So y'all finished or y'all done? 